Alrighty, we are ready to get started. How's everybody doing out there? Hope it's going well. Hope everyone's having a good start to your morning, a good start to your day. My name is Andrew Kuhn. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. That was a rhyme right there. Or is that the same word? <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> my name is Andrew Kuhn, sitting alongside Jeff Gannon. Jeff, how's it going today? It's going very well, Andrew. How is it going with you? Good. I'm waiting for the day you say things aren't going so well. Yeah. I think you're going to have to wait a while. Yeah, that's good. That's a good mindset to have. This is the auto part of our business. If you want to get access to our website, which is focuscompound.com, be sure to go to focuscompound.com and use the podcast promo code, which is podcast, and that will give you $10 off the subscription price indefinitely as long as you stay a member. It's an ever-growing community of like-minded investors, both professional and individual who all like to write and correspond back and forth um, with other investors. We actually had an idea last week that I think sparked 25 comments from different people. A lot of people oh, yeah. going back and forth. That was a very popular uh, idea or yeah. very talked about idea. Yeah, It's a growing community. It's, it's pretty good. So mm-hmm. That was yeah. a lot of fun. We got a bunch of regular commenters, regular, yeah, yeah real discussion going there. Real contributors and it's, it's growing. And, and as we get more talent in there, that's mm-hmm. only good for other people that don't want to contribute, don't want to come in, just want to, you know, sit and view. And it's, it's, yeah. it's been great. So a couple of weeks ago, we had sent out a call for questions on Twitter, which we will do every now and then. My Twitter is at Focus Compound and Jeff's is at Jeff Gannon, G-E-O-F-F Gannon. Um, and we actually got a pretty interesting question that I thought would be a good topic to go over because I believe it will help out other people as well. Okay. And his question was, I'm a software programmer without any finance background. What do you suggest my approach should be to become a better individual investor? And I thought, what better topic to go over because we are on, on on iTunes, and I'm sure there's some people that do come across that, you know, maybe they don't have their process down, or maybe investing is interesting to them. They just don't know where where to begin. Mm-hmm. You know, every person um, was a beginner at one point, and we all had to sort of go through that. And the cool thing is, is we're all still learning. Mm-hmm. So what do you think is a good place for somebody to start who wants to get interested into investing? So I think you need to read a book, at least, um, that has a, sort of an idea, a philosophy that you can start with to narrow it down. Because it's just too broad a topic otherwise. Mm-hmm. The ones I recommend are You Can Be a Stock Market Genius by Joel Greenblatt and um, either of the Peter Lynch books, uh, Beat, Beat the Street or One Up on Wall Street. Um I think those are actually for someone without a finance background. They're not finance heavy, although they they're pretty uh, sophisticated. Actually, those are excellent investors, and they're they're saying really smart things. But it isn't someone who needs to have a background in accounting. Then I just read those or some other books like that. Find the one that resonates with you, your personal style, and then focus on applying that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so do not go out and read like twelve books. So Don't you're saying it. to specialize, sort of more pick yeah, an idea that you think idea. you get excited about, or a, a type of category or whatever. Yeah, and then really pursue that. Yeah, Charlie Munger says something about like um, uh, making friends with dead people that had you know written these mm-hmm. things and stuff. These people are are not dead, but it's a good example is like using uh, finding a mentor who mm-hmm. is just an author of one of these books and, and applying it that seriously. Yeah. What do they say? The jack of all trades is the master of none. Mm-hmm. So I think that you need to have uh, a specific way to start. Now you can change and adopt different strategies later mm-hmm. and all that. But I think that it's you don't want uh, the watered down, most general, whatever thing. You want something specific that just like sounds like a style you can apply. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and do you think that he needs to have some sort of accounting background probably? Where do you think is a good spot? That's the tough place part to start? is that he wouldn't have any accounting background. I think that you the eventually you're going to have to just read 10 Ks. Mm-hmm. So... Um, is that how you, did you ever read any accounting textbooks or no. accounting books? 
No. You just went straight to the 10K? Immediately to the 10K. Right to the meat and potatoes, Jeff. Yeah. That's good. All right, so cool. So that was, um, yeah. The, Edgar was useful that way because Edgar had just started not that long uh, before I did that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you could get those things. You could also request, companies are much better if you gave like a request, I want you to send me as many past annual reports as you have. Mm-hmm. They would do that. Yeah. I've actually done that before. Here's, yeah. a, here's a little fun story. Um, I forget his name. Joe Shuin, I think his name is. U-Haul. Oh, oh, U-Haul, yeah. And I reach out to him. I actually, so he has his public, I don't know, I'm sure he has two cell phones, but mm-hmm. he says it, he wants, if anyone wants to get a hold of him, that he wants them to have his number. So his right. cell phone number is on the internet. Mm-hmm. I think his name is Joe Shuin. I may be butchering that. This okay. was a couple years ago. Um, but I texted him. I said, could you send me like past five years of annual mm-hmm. reports or something like that? And he, yeah. he read it because he, he had a blue iPhone because the messages were right, blue. Right. And he had his red uh, things on it. And it said that he read it. And uh, he didn't respond. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. <laughs> um, and I didn't hear anything back from him. And I didn't get any annual reports. So I think like a month later, I texted him again. Mm-hmm. And to my surprise, like two weeks later from them, lo and behold, in my mailbox wow. was like five annual reports. Wow. That's yeah. the type of guy you want running your company, <laughs> yeah. huh? I mean, that's pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. You, so get a bunch of annual reports. Have I ever told you that? Have you told me that? That's story. Uh, I saw you when you had the text, uh, sent the text to him, I think. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty interesting. Yeah. That's, that's, I think that, um, yeah, you, so eventually you'll have to read the 10 case mm-hmm. and then you'll just have to deal with the accounting that's in them. Um, and whatever particular thing you look at. And I would say the good thing about accounting, as Warren Buffett says, everyone says it's the language of business. So mm-hmm. it's it makes it a lot easier to figure out a company and sort of what they do and be able to just understand what's going on once you have some sort of basic um, understanding of accounting, I think. Yeah. What's your background in accounting? Nothing. Okay. And how easy do you find it to retain case? I think when I first started out, it was a bit, I mean, scary. I mean, you just okay. don't know. I mean, like there's, a, and that's why I think... Um, what I did was just reach out to a lot of people and see what their process was. All right. And um, some people, I mean, you and I are kind of old school, I think, because mm-hmm. not a lot of people, unfortunately, we, we, a lot of people don't like the fact that we read, uh, that we print out 10Ks, but a lot of people oh, yeah. just read it on a screen or, or yes. whatever. But I feel like me personally, I just, it's harder for me to focus in. And you've talked about this and it was pretty interesting because mm-hmm. you said that it's an active task. Right. Yeah, and absolutely. that you make a point to only read one 10 K because when you're mm-hmm. done, like your, your brain should be, I don't want to say fried, but it should, you should make the task where it's your sole focus. So then when you're done with that, you're just, you don't go read another one. You know, you should be a hundred percent focusing on that. Um, yeah. And that's why you print it out. Like mm-hmm. people, I think don't necessarily realize that it's not some magical thing that it's printed out as opposed to being on a, no, you're not going to find any better idea. No. Of, no, but you're using computer for everything. Yeah. It's a good outlet, I think. Yeah, so that you that tells you don't do that. Yeah. The easiest thing in the world, if you're going to be read a 10K or doing any sort of work that's going to take a while, is, oh, let me check my email. Let me check my Twitter. Let me do that. Um, I also say that about calculator things. Um, you have a calculator. You know, people on all their computers have calculators on their phones. Um, if you can learn to do as much as possible in your head mm-hmm. and, um, and uh, pen and paper instead of doing it, You'll find you are much better in handling the numbers and retaining it and stuff than if you're using a calculator all the time. Yeah. You use a calculator all the time, you forget what you, except for what the answers you got, you forget what you just did. When's the last time, and I challenge everyone listening to think, when's the last time that you didn't turn on your phone for the day? Mm-hmm. Which may be unrealistic if you have you know family or kids or whatever. Sure. I get that. But when's the last time that you didn't open up social media for the day, if you mm-hmm. have social media? Right. That answer may scare you. You know. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty crazy. So I think it's good... Uh, I, a 10k is reasonable like people ask me how long should it take them and stuff um uh 
let's put it this way. Even if you're not good at it, it should not take you longer than it takes to watch a movie. Okay. I was going to say, it usually takes me probably like two hours. Two hours. Two, okay. two and a half. All right. Or maybe I'm a slow reader. I don't so know. make it an experience like that. You go to a movie theater, you watch a movie there, you shouldn't be having your laptop out and open while you're doing there it. There you go. That's good. That's good. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, if you can do that, then you can read a 10K. But we it, need to put up like a thing, turn all devices off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, just like that. Um, but so you just have that experience with it. That's just that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, you said that I, I only do one uh, a day. That that's what I'll do. That I'll say this is the one I'm doing today because I don't want to skim a bunch of different ones. Mm-hmm. So you st- were a beginner as an investor more recently than I was certainly. Well, your age, but also you you got started in some stuff that wasn't value investing right away. So what did you find difficult then? That's easy now for you. What was the most difficult stuff? It was probably just I mean the accounting part. I okay, think accounting. you're always getting. I guess you're always understanding accounting as you go because you learn about new businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and what do they say? History isn't the same but often it rhymes sure i think that's what they say so that's why i feel like the more businesses i become familiar with when i you know read about a new business oftentimes it'll remind me of a different company and it's kind of like an aha moment like i know what's going on you know what i'm saying um but i think to answer your question it was probably just accounting and i guess reading 10ks and i maybe i overcomplicated overcomplicated maybe because i was so fixated on just reading a lot of investing books instead of practical Mm -hmm. Um, investing, which is just learning about business. Do you think that happened that you read too many books and not enough? I don't think it hurt me, but I think that I could have spent better time doing other stuff. I mean, I love reading. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was, and of course, investing as a topic is, is what I love. So, I mean, it was like fun for me, you know? Um, but generally now I'd say when I read, um, I try to, I try, I don't really read many new investing books nowadays. I just try to really uh, give my attention more so to annual reports, but I do listen to books a lot. Audible, I'm a mm-hmm. big proponent of Audible because yeah. I drive and I think it's a good time just to sort of listen then and, and, you know, still learn about other topics. Um, but it was probably just, you know, accounting and just understanding what's going on. And then I think valuing, um, businesses to people probably make it more complicated than it needs to be, okay. I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that's probably true. I mean, because if you Google it, you're going to come across all these like incredible right. spreadsheets, you know, mm-hmm. and and um, I always think about Joel Greenblatt in his uh, class letter or his class notes that I've released many times. Um, sorry, Joe, if you don't like I did that. <laughs> uh, he said that I think in one of his classes, he, he said there's a lot of way smarter people than him on mm-hmm. Wall Street. There's a lot of uh, analysts that could spreadsheet better than he can, you mm-hmm. know, but they're not obviously as successful as he is, you know? And, um, so I think maybe sometimes people just spend so much time on stuff like that. I think an idea should be incredibly simple. It should really hit you over the head where it just makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to use so many variables, like a a 15 year DCF with a crazy, like a terminal Mm -hmm. value that you're discounting back, you probably shouldn't be investing it. Mm Um, what about yourself? Um, yeah, I agree with all that you just said there. One thing stood out to me. When was the last time that you did a DCF? Like a, like a investment banking type DCF? It's yeah. probably been a while. Okay. And why do you think you did it? Just because, I don't know. I think I'm very, I mean, I don't. It, I'm trying to my think, my I'm experience, trying, usually when someone does a DCF, uh-huh. it's to show it to someone else. It's not for their own purposes. Yeah, maybe. I you know, know what I mean? Yeah, sure. It's, it's because it looks it's something that they're supposed to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I found it, I, I've mentioned, I think, I could think of two times where it was important to mm-hmm. do something that was a DCF. 
Um, I mean, it's interesting. Like Warren or Charlie says he's never seen Warren ever do it, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think at this year's shareholder meeting, um, I think it's, it sounds like cool to so many people. Oh, mm -hmm. You could do your DCFs, dude. You know what yeah. I'm saying? <laughs> like, mm -hmm. and it, it look, you know, but um, I think they were pressing them at this meeting on like how to calculate intrinsic value. And sure. Charlie sort of made a joke about it saying like, go to business school. They love to teach form complex formulas mm -hmm. or something like that. Yeah. Um, but no, I haven't probably done DCF in a while, but last time I did it, I don't, I don't even know why I did it. Maybe just because I thought that's the way to do it. You know, I, I think we did it for a, um, Howard Hughes. Okay, I remember us doing something together that was like a yeah, we did a DCF yeah, probably right. yeah. Mm -hmm. But see, that's but I point that out as an example because think about that they're doing developments that go out over decades, mm -hmm. right? In, in most cases, unless you're doing things like that, I think that's that's pretty strange. We had a recent write up about Box on the Focus Combine website, and uh, it, those sorts of issues come into it when you're talking about retention rates of customers. That's like ninety five percent. You have a lot of upfront marketing, and then later it's really low um, marketing expense, uh, really low anything expense. Um, but that's unusual. Mm -hmm. So in most companies look at it, there's no need for DCF. You could go years and years without uh, it being smart to actually do one, I'd say. And yet think about how much it's taught. I get constant questions. I'll tell you, one of the most common questions I get by email is about how to treat operating leases. Really? Like yes. how to account for it? or Yep. Mm -hmm. One of the most common questions of all that I get. Really? Um, yeah. That's kind of surprising to me. Yeah, it, it is, but they mention it in all sorts of courses and books. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing, right? There's, and maybe by the time this, actually, I don't know. I'm not going to say the name. There's an idea that we personally both have looked at, right? Mm -hmm. And it's a company that has no debt and right. is going to be trading at a multiple that, let's say, let's call it, is cheaper than five times EV yeah. to EBITDA. And it's an interesting situation. I don't need a DCF to say, okay, this could be this company could be pretty cheap. And I know I'm just right, kind of highlighting it right now because yeah. I want to reveal it, quite right, frankly. But let's bring Joel Greenblatt into that. Yeah. What did you do? You talked to someone, right? Yep. Okay, that person... Who said, because remember, this company I just referred to doesn't have debt. Right. And he said, I know companies that are levered to the hill that will go for, you know, 10 times or, or even 19 times EBITDA. Right, so you so, talked to someone in the industry yes. who knows something about EBITDA multiples in that industry. That's correct. The whole point of Joel Greenblatt's book, really or the first chapter or so of it, is basically saying you don't have to diversify the way that you think you do. But also, you just have to look at stocks versus what other things, other assets like them, other stocks like this one that you're looking at, trade for. Mm -hmm. So you need to see that you're getting a bargain compared to other things. And that's why I suggested like that book, because you don't need as much as you... It's hard to know what the exact right EBITDA multiple for something is. Sure, of course. But it's easy to see that if something's trade for uh, 10 times normally in the industry and you find something for four, that's interesting and that's what you should focus all your time yeah. on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if you keep doing that, if you repeat that in a bunch of different industries, uh, which is what that book is saying, if you find six to eight of those in all different industries, then they'll work out on average that way. And that's all you need to do. You don't need to know what the right discount rate is. Sure. Mm-hmm. It's and not, I don't this know what be six point five 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 three two one. Yeah, I don't know what the right discount rate is for those things, and all that stuff that you put into it often turns out, you know, not to to be true later. Mm -hmm. You know, that sounds like the right thing. You can do things that are technically right for this moment, but that doesn't mean that they're going to be that useful um, in terms of the answers that they really give you long term. Even when we talk about doing that DCF, what's the right answer? Yeah. It's hard to say. We're very biased. It's guesswork. Yeah. yeah, we're very biased in that case by the fact that interest rates are low now and inflation is low. Mm -hmm. But we were doing that over a period of 20 years or something. We could be way off. Mm -hmm. And if we had been doing it in 1960, we would have been incredibly off over the next 20 or 30 years. Mm -hmm. So incredibly off. 
we would have thought the company wasn't worth that much and was worth a huge amount um, because we would have guessed wrong about inflation and things like that. Sure. So what do you think if you had just to sort of bring it all home for this mm-hmm. guy? Because he asked how to, how to be we kind of went yeah. different ways. If you had to give him three things to start to, you know, sort of start the journey, I mm-hmm. guess you could say, what would you tell him? Find a mentor in book form. That's, okay. That strategy is the one that you can do. Or if you know someone that probably employed yeah. has a good process that always sure. helps. Yeah. You already know someone. Um, and then you have to start reading 10Ks. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and I think most importantly of it is that you have to start using your own money uh, based on whatever strategy you think is right. You know, so what you learn, apply. I, I, you have to apply it mm-hmm. with your own money. Sure. And I think that last part is actually a surprising number of people who've spent a lot of time learning things, haven't had the experience of using their own money, uh, running it on those principles. And that's what you have to do. What do you think? I think that's good. I would say um, I agree with you. A mentor. Mentor. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I would say, though, get a basic. I mean, if he has no sort of um, accounting background, I would say try to develop an accounting background. Um, And then I would probably um, say just apply it. Just start, you know, stop reading the textbooks and just start applying it and reading about just a bunch of different businesses, I would say. Yeah, I agree with that. Mm -hmm. The one thing I would say is like, have you read an accounting textbook recently? Not recently? Yeah. No. Oh, because it's a lot of stuff that's not going to be able to be applied to what you have. So mm-hmm. it, you could find some that you have read some. Here we go. I that got are it. really good. In, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. No, here's a good thing. And maybe this is something, and you've sort of talked about this. I feel like maybe a lot of newer people, they feel like you need to know every little thing about the company. There's mm-hmm. a lot of stuff that we have no idea about when we go into a business, right? Sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't know how a certain situation, but you kind of just what do they say? It's better to be approximately right. Or you sort of right. approximate, you know, yeah. it's sort of thinking, I mean, when you go into investment, you can never know a hundred percent of what's going on in every single company. That's why I think the using your own money, mm-hmm. the, you'll learn that over time mm-hmm. that you'll go back and you'll say, Oh, look how this worked out. Yeah. And I didn't feel like I was the smartest person in the world when I wrote that one. Yeah. Uh, you know, came up with the idea. Well, Warren Buffett does say you should sit down, write on one piece of paper why you're buying this business. Yeah. And I think in some form you should do that. I always suggest people have a blog. Because you can do that easily today. You won't feel crazy that you're sitting down and writing a piece sure. of paper to do that. But there are other ways to do it. But, yeah, record somewhere, even if it, you want to be in a journal, uh, why you are buying what you're buying. Because you'll look back later and realize it wasn't through um, getting things down to the last right decimal point. It's going to be a lot closer to the sort of stuff that Peter Lynch and Joel Greenblatt talk about, mm-hmm. which is pretty basic stuff. Yeah. Uh, but just applying it in a big way. Um, yeah. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. So we and hope it's something that, that anyone can do that doesn't have those backgrounds. There's no yes. need for you to have a background in, in uh, you know, you don't need an educational background and stuff that's related to business and finance to be able to succeed. And then I would also say learn how to think about markets rationally. Like when we yeah. talk about Warren Buffett, he said if you were to teach a class today, it would be all about how to think about markets and how to value businesses. Yeah, and I'd say the market one is probably the most important. Yeah, so understanding Mr. Market, understanding volatility, yeah. I guess – the way people think, et cetera, sort of like that. Yeah, that I mean in terms of your returns, that's probably gonna be even more important than understanding business. Yep, yep, I would I would agree with that. Well we hope that helps you out. Uh, for anyone that wants to send in a question to us, feel free to email it in info at focuscompound.com or you could always tweet it to Jeff and myself. We want to thank everybody for tuning in to listen to us today. Feel free if you want to get access to Jeff's weekly free memo. 
go to focuscompounding.com and enter in your email there. You will see it on the homepage and you will get something in your inbox on every Sunday on investing principle written by Jeff. Yes, it will be an investing principle. It's not a specific stock, but I think they're pretty good still, the memos, though. They are really good. <laughs> so we want to thank everybody for tuning in to listen, and we'll see you in the next podcast.